Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another episode here at Precious Predicament Blog Talk Radio. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for me, waking me up this morning, giving me the activities of my limbs, and I'm also grateful that my daughter came home from work early because I was supposed to babysit, and many of you know I am not the babysitter. My hair is all in my face. So I want to thank her for coming home early because today is my grandson Buddy's birthday, and tomorrow is my grandson's writer's birthday. And in order of Black History Month, we are going to be talking about a topic that is very, very interesting. And the topic has to do with colorism. So in honor of Black History Month, we're going to be addressing colorism. Now, colorism, many individuals may not even know what that even means because for years I had no idea what that even meant. But colorism is a prejudice or discrimination against an individual, they say, of dark skin tone. But sometimes you don't have to be of dark skin tone. You can be a fair or light skin tone. And typically, this occurs amongst people from the same ethnic group or racial group. So this is just not a black thing. It can occur in Hispanic culture, Asian culture, because it's about the skin tone. It can also affect males as well as females. As I was talking to my significant other this morning, he was telling me, he asked me what my topic was for today, and I told him, and he was telling me how, when, even today when he talked to his brother, his brother always called him white boy, because the light-skinned one in the family, and his brother was dark-skinned. And I don't even know if he even knew that that had anything to do with colorism, because we got so used to it. Now, there can be negative implications that can occur, and many still have limited knowledge, yet colorism still exists in family, movies, television, advertisement, sports, and even politics and employment. And we saw that a lot when it came to politics. Now, the trauma can be long-lasting as well as the mental health and emotional relational issues that result of this. So today I'm going to be having, and I'm hoping I'm saying her name right, and I know she's logged on, looks like two different numbers, but today we're going to be having Sharita Shrogans on, and she is the author of the book entitled Dark Skin in the Mirror and the Mocha Skin that Shattered the Mirror. She also developed a clothing line called Black Baby Doll. So let me log her on. I hope this is her and not someone else yet from Sacramento. Let yes, me I'm on. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure because <laughs> I can't see names. I can only see numbers. So I want to thank you for joining me today. And did you call on two different nights? We got another 916. So let me log this person on too, and then I'm going to introduce you. And tell the listeners who you are. But let me log on this person also. Hi, this is Jeanette. Okay. Welcome to Participants. Number ended in 6-7. How are you doing? That's me, Jeanette. 
Okay, I thought it was my cousin. I wasn't sure. Because, you know, I can only see numbers, and I'm like, okay, 2619 area code, so I don't want to mess this up. Okay, so thank you, cousin, for joining me. I appreciate it. Now, I'm hoping I'm not doing your name no disservice, but, um, Sharita, tell the listeners who you are. Is that right? Okay, just want to make sure. So I have a question. What inspired you to address this topic? Because many of us have no idea what that even meant when we talk about colorism. Well, uh, growing up, I suffered from low self-esteem because of my skin color. Because I looked, it, it appeared that everyone was more interested in looking at women that look almost close to a, a Caucasian woman. And I'm not a dark complexed woman. I'm more of a, um, I'm a light brown tone. Mm-hmm. So when I was growing up, I was going to school with predominantly um, Caucasian kids. When I was growing up through my elementary years and my junior high school years, and I've seen that even the young black men that were attending school were either dating, you know, asking girls out that looked, uh, that, that were white or looked close to white, that were black mm-hmm. men, they appeared they had the, they looked more of, they could pass for a Caucasian woman. And then when I um, got to my high school years, um, I went to a school that was predominantly black, but all the guys were still handpicking the girls that looked almost white. And Mm -hmm. I was like, dang, what the heck? And I'm looking in the mirror like, what about me? (laughs) I'm just garbage. You, uh, you know what? It's interesting that you said that because, like I was saying, I didn't realize that I, that existed. I saw it, and Cedric, my cousin, is on the line with me, and he's my cousin I on my father's it. side. But I saw it mm-hmm. a lot more on my mother's side of the family, and I'll let mm-hmm. him speak on his experience and what he endured with that because it not only affects females, but it affects males too. But I know growing yep. up. I mean, when I was younger, I was more fair-skinned. And then as I got mm-hmm. older, I noticed I started getting darker. And see, and I have lupus, mm-hmm. so I get pigmentation in my skin. And my mother had us bleaching our skin at a young age with esoterica. And I'm like, why is she giving wow. us esoterica? And my, my middle sister was the darker one. And my baby sister, mm-hmm. she was like, she looked Hispanic. You know, and that's what mm-hmm. we used to say, right, right, damn near white, you know. And so a lot mm-hmm. of people dealt with that. And then even being a cheerleader and growing up, I always had fair-skinned friends. And I, it was mm-hmm. when I got to middle school, I had a dark-skinned friend. And I remember my mother used to say, she's the prettiest dark-skinned girl I know. And I used to be like, really? And I hate and that. I, I hate girl, that. I never knew what it meant. And I'm going to tell you, my friend, Carl, her name was Carla Gibbs. She was pretty. But she was like my first dark-skinned friends because I only would have light-skinned friends. And then even the boys that would come around, they were all into light-skinned girls. And I never understood. And I didn't even know what I looked like. I just excluded myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't care. I was so busy hooking other people up. I didn't even care. We got another caller mm-hmm. on the line. Then I want you to share on that. Then I want to hear what Cedric has to say about that. Okay. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments, never ending in 3-3. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. What's my name? My birthday? 
It's Ryder. It's Ryder and Buddy's birthday. <laughs> oh. I tell them you said happy birthday, Miss Nancy. I'll let them know. Okay. Um, Cedric, what's your take on this when we talk about skin color? Because even on our father's side, you know, we still had the the lighter, the darker. The how did you did you experience that growing up? Well, Jeanette, it's a little different for me because my first 11 years, we were basically the only white black people in town, you know, for the most part. So for me, they just called me the N-word, you know. So it wasn't, it wasn't a color thing. It wasn't a – I was just happy when I started hanging with other black people. I didn't even really – I wasn't even really tripping off their color, you know. That wasn't that wasn't an issue for me. And since I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not dark. I'm dark. I'm darker. I'm not. You know, like I'm in the brown skin tone or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Maybe a little darker. I'm dark. It wasn't really an issue until you know, like we moved away from there, and, and I started hanging with basically black people, and I started hearing all this. Uh, you know, she's too black or he's too black and all this. And I was like, what, what the hell is this? You know, uh-huh. uh, even, even like, you know, my wife, she's darker, you know, she's definitely on the darker realm. And, um, there was this friend that I had in the nineties and she was just railing like how ugly dark skinned girls were and this <laughs> and that. And this dude was like as black as an eight ball. You know, wow. I, was like, I was like, where is this? I was like, dude, where is this? Where is this coming from? And then I found out it's just a lot of self-hate. It is. It, you know, it, they, it, just, they just hate themselves, you know. Like when black people do that kind of stuff, it's embarrassing, number one, but just like that you could, you could hear just the self-hatred in that. And, and for me, I don't know, for me, I've always been – even more attracted to dark-skinned women, maybe because I did grow up um, the way that I grew up, you know. Yeah. I've always, always thought their skin was, like, really pretty and polished, you know, it looked like somebody, like, it almost looked like ceramic, you know. <laughs> it was just you, really, know what, you know what, you know what, what I mean? Mean? Wait, wait. You, like, that's how we get to the, the different shades of black, because black is beautiful. Right. They're just different right. shades. Different right. colors, right. different, and a lot of people, like you said, a lot of it was self-hate, and some individuals felt that they got preferential treatment if they right. were like skin, pretty hair, and and all of right. this stuff. You know, it's like now I've been wearing my own natural hair, and it's crazy because once I wash it and it, it's just straight, people think that just because you're African American you got nappy hair. What the hell is nappy hair? You know, so those are some of the stigma that many individuals have placed on themselves because we didn't know any better. We really didn't. Because I remember even with my cousin Dichi, she was the fairest skin, I think, of the ones in my generation. And I watched how my family treated Dichi versus treating Teresa. And Teresa, right. she was like a little black little Vivica A. When she she was right. beautiful, she's still beautiful. But there was always this, this thing with them because 
one was light and one was dark and one had long hair. And it's like, we need to stop that. We need to really address that. And my mother was light-skinned, but yet, girl, Cedric, when I started breaking out and pigmentation, you should have probably looking for some esoterica. I bought some Erica, esoterica from, um, um, God, what is that called? Um, I can't think of the name. See, when you order it online, no, it didn't yeah, come around. Yeah. So, oh, Amazon. I ordered some on Amazon. <laughs> I paid fifty dollars yeah. What's the I couldn't even use. <laughs> but that was all I knew. That was all I knew. Put noxema on your face. Put some esoteric on your face. It's like, what the hell are we bleaching ourselves? And as I'm thinking about that, I think about Michael Jackson. And remember how he was trying to bleach his skin and you know, and I'm wondering, did he deal with colorism in his family? I would assume that everybody's, if you're black, you've dealt with it, you know. And even when I got married, one of our cousins was asking me, and this is like, I was dumbfounded. She's like, can I ask you a question? She's, it's, she, I said, yeah. She's like, well, why did you marry a black woman? Oh. And I was like, and then she started listing all these reasons. Like, she's like, you're tall, you're athlete, educated, you see, you have a good job. So, so, like, she was almost saying, like, I was too good to marry a black woman. And this is a black wow. woman saying this. Yeah. I'm wow. not going to say her name because we're not doing that, but you know her well, and you probably can figure out. Who made that statement? You must be talking about, I don't know, because I hope you ain't talking about what. But I'm saying that that was the oddest thing to me that I was having this conversation with a black woman about this. You must be talking about one of my aunties. (laughs) But you know what those say? I am not, but I'm not going to. I'll say that she's closer to our age. Let's, let's uh, just leave it at that. Yeah, okay, let's got leave you. it at that. Okay, all right, okay. gotcha. But the thing is this, and that's a topic for a whole other show when we start talking about interracial dating, because we're talking about addressing colorism. A lot of individuals that are biracial and are mixed, they deal with this too, also especially in their family, because you know all of my grandkids are biracial. So uh-huh. mixed with white <clears throat> The other ones are Mexican and Hispanic, I mean, Hispanic and African-American, and they have very beautiful skin tone. And my granddaughter, when she was a baby, Taina, she didn't like people calling her pretty because she got tired of hearing it. But she knew that she was kind of sitting in with our family. It was a little different. And so Ryder deals with that, too. And so I want to go into talking to Sharita. And then Nancy, first I want to know Nancy. This topic, how do you relate to this topic? Tell me your your idea when we start talking about addressing colorism because that also occurs in your culture too. Oh my goodness, Jesus, you put me on the spot there. Okay, I gotta tell you something, my goodness. Okay, growing up in Washington, there was a majority of white people there. My dad was on a blind date with my mom and um, he was in the Air Force and um, he, they on they ordered him not to get involved with a Native American woman, mm. and he went against what they were saying. And my dad ended up um, 
having my brother Adam, Edwin, Anna, Robert, and then me. He had five oh. kids with my mom. And um, I'm a half-freedom Macaw, Native American, from Washington State, and um, Dutch. So with that being said, it was it was quite difficult after we moved off the reservation because there was no jobs. We had to move out. Mm-hmm. And dealing dealing with the pale skinned people, um, they were they were not welcoming. They mm. did not they the the other other um natives were not quite welcoming to us either because we were from another tribe and even though they were all all our relatives, they didn't they didn't um accept us very well. Wow. And so, see, and um, we about community, but also when we even see it in our family or in our own culture is where it becomes an issue. Now, I posted something on Facebook, and my question on Facebook was, have you ever felt that the color of your skin made a difference in your family? Because sometimes individuals felt that it did make a difference in their family. And while dating, did you prefer a certain Tone. A lot of the individuals and Cedric spoke on that a little bit, and I know that some of my male friends that I grew up with, they had their own preference when they were dating. Do you feel that you've been denied opportunities at school? Because sometimes people try to do things at school, either trying out for a school play or whatever the case may be. At work is another thing. Political opportunities. Look at we watch what happened when we were watching the impeachment trial, and when that young lady got up and started speaking, I mean, her dress was on point. Her hair, I mean, she was just awesome, very beautiful, you know. But if she would have got up there and been dark-skinned or rude, somebody would have had something to say, even from her own culture. And it's like, really? You know, so we start talking about that, whether it's political opportunities and even in the entertainment business, look how now things are changing a little bit, not a whole lot, but just a little bit. We talk about colorism in the entertainment business or the entertainment industry due to your skin color. So we're going to be addressing that. Now, Sharita, I want you to speak on this more because when you when when I was writing and putting the show together and I thought about it, there was a lady that I, I met and her name, and it wasn't even her real name, but I've heard of people calling themselves Mocha. And I didn't even realize that that may have been because of her skin color that she may have called herself that. I don't know. But people give people names. I remember I used to call myself Carmel or people say, you know, you Vanilla or where does, where, when you were putting this book together, where does that stuff, where is it coming from? Or when you put Mocha skin and Shattered Samira? It came from the the shade of your skin color, the shade, because there's so many shades mm-hmm. of black people. There's so many shades. Like I said, I'm I'm not a, a light light skinned woman, but I I feel like I'm a a maybe caramel colored. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's where I came up with the mocha skin because working working with different people, meeting different people, I learned again that this uh, low self-esteem is in every race about their color. Like I had a friend, um, she was from the islands and she, her mom used to make her um, rub lemon juice on her skin to make her lighter. 
because she was the darkest one in their family, and she just she said she treated her so bad because she was dark. Lemon juice, really? Lemon juice. She wow. Said, she had to bathe in lemon juice. I take the lemon, open it up, and scrub her skin with it. That's so much. I could just burn. Wow, I've never I, heard of she, lemon juice. She, and I had a uh, my uh, I had a um, friend. She's an islander, and she said her sister was dark. And her grandma would make her stay outside. Like, she could come in. You know how when we were little kids, we had to stay outside back in the days and play? She said she could go inside, but her sister had to stay outside because she was dark. So I, 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 I got That's most of it from just... Stuff when you got the people and you got the house, the people in the house and the people outside and the people in the field. See, mm-hmm. and I always wondered if some of that had to do with, with um, slavery. And mindset. And now, like I said, I never researched it because that's never been my topic of interest to look into things of that nature. But I know we do have to address it because when you start putting people down or making people feel less than, and I know like even with my daughter, my daughter with my son, when I gave birth, my son was light skinned. My daughter was dark-skinned because her father was dark. And I saw the difference also in how my mother treated my daughter versus the way she treated my son. My daughter never, if, in my opinion, I don't know how she survived my family. But she didn't mm-hmm. let it affect her self-esteem and her self-worth. And I hope she called in because she did come home early and she was just critiquing me, telling me stop reading the, the thing on the computer because Facebook was looking at me. She always got something to say. So I'm trying to put my head in the way so people can't see all this junk I got in my closet because I did clean up my computer room. But I hope she do call in and speak on that because in regards to giving people survival tips of how do you address this if you are experiencing in in, in your family? And I want to know how people get through this. How do they survive? You get so like, mm-hmm. I survived. I survived it because I looked in the mirror one day and I just, the light bulb just came on like, you are beautiful. God made you. Wow. He's not going to make something that's ugly. I just looked at myself one day and it's just like everything just brightened up from the inside to the outside. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know what? I don't know. I, I said for years, I just thought, you know, of myself in a different light because what the world was thinking about me. Mm-hmm. And I said, I look in the mirror, I'm pretty to myself. Like, I'm beautiful. No matter what color my skin is, I'm beautiful. Wow. So I was just like, and I had to, I kept tilting my head to the side and looking and looking. I was like, wait a minute. I'm not <laughs> ugly. <laughs> you know, and, and people want it. you to feel that way. And that's the sad part because words are powerful. And when you do mm-hmm. that to a child or you do that to someone, you know, like my grandson had the nerve to wake me up this morning because his birthday is tomorrow, and he goes say, "Granny, I'm hungry. Um, can you make me some pancakes?" Which I didn't mind, but then he called me fat. I told him, "I said, well, since I'm fat, I we can skip a meal, so we won't eat breakfast then, since I'm already fat. I don't need to make no pancakes." <laughs> so, but I made anyway, and I guess it's and he didn't want to eat. He don't call me fat. Granny, you fat. Oh, I'm fat. Then when I put my clothes on, he said, Granny, you know what, Granny? You're not fat. Oh, oh but I'm, when I'm laying in the bed, now I look fat, huh? So you want me to get my fat butt up and make you something to eat? It's just so rude. That's all right. I'll get his butt back. That is all right. 
So when we start talking about what is color, how do people of color overcome their own insecurity and biases? Because that is what uh, that has a lot to do with, insecurity and biases. And it's interesting how you say when you looked in the mirror. Growing up, my mother had mirrors everywhere, everywhere in the house. I never paid any attention. I didn't want to look in the mirror. Even when I'm doing like FaceTime, I don't like looking at myself in the mirror. I just don't. So when I saw I'm what you wrote in regards, oh, I, I don't like taking pictures either. I, I don't. I really don't. Mm-mm. You Neither. know, I was, I was, my daughter told me one time I needed to upgrade my phones because my phone was making me look like I had a stroke. So I, I want Facebook to know um, I, I, I did get to, ooh. I'm going to do something. Oh, I have a press my button. I have a press my button. Oh, I did upgrade my phone. So I do have two iPhones now. I got an iPhone Pro or whatever. And I got an iPad Pro. And the sad part about it, cousin, I done had this stuff for a week. I ain't even took it out the box. <laughs> I, I don't know that about this stuff. So hopefully my um, video stuff will look better now because I, I, I upgraded my equipment. Thank you. You know, but I do got to take it out the box. And I'm trying to wait on one of my grandkids to come and help me because I got old stuff. Because then I had, I was generations behind on my iPad. That is just a shame. So when we start talking about these things and, you know, different comments, and this is coming from goodmorningamerica.com, and they did something on colorism, and they were talking about she's pretty for a dark-skinned girl unfortunate saying that many black women have heard at some point in their lifetime. And like like we mm-hmm. did, some people don't like hearing that. And these triggering quotes such as above are forms of colorism, which equates to prejudice and discrimination based on skin tone. Now, the idea of colorism doesn't stop with black women. It's a widespread across and crosses all genders and groups of colors. Asian Americans experience it, uh, like she was talking about Native American experiences. But one of the things is we have to realize that we are beautiful, no matter what color you are. You know, Cedric, I want to speak on it from a male's perspective, because I don't know if you've experienced it being an athlete, but I know even in the entertainment business, I remember when Al B. Or Heavy D and all of them came out, and they were talking about light skin is in. And then to say the black of the berry, the sweet of the juice. From a male's perspective, Cedric, did you ever have friends or did that ever come up, even with you playing basketball or running track? Well, Jeanette, it's not, it's never really an issue for me because I'm not, my skin tone isn't extreme one way or the other. I'm not super light or super dark. So it was never really, you know, like I was kind of in the middle and women kind of operate differently than men in that in that way. If they like you, they just like you. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? There's a little more depth to it generally. Uh-huh. You know, uh, in in my experience, you know, I never I never really heard a woman say I don't like that guy because he's too dark. Nah. Yeah, I never, never. Yeah. Okay. Maybe they're a little more honest with you. You know, because you guys are in, but but I heard, I haven't heard a woman say, "Man, I sure would like to date that brother," but it's 
his black shiny ass is is not you know it's not doing it for me you know so maybe they weren't talking like that in front of me Woo, or just missed that yeah so you know like I said all of our experiences are different you know uh, so I think for us for a man it's just a little it's a little different in a man situation. Like if a woman will eventually go, man, I really like that guy. Um, it's all good. You know, it's all good. I haven't, I haven't really experienced it. Maybe because, maybe because especially with young people, they seem to be moving past this a little mm-hmm. more, you know, like you with the dreads and they're embracing things, they're embracing their blackness a little more than mm-hmm. when we were kids in the seventies and stuff. Um, you know, the late, great Cicely Tyson just passed away, and I was watching her uh, interview with Oprah. And, you know, uh-huh. like she used to be one of the few women that would braid their hair, and she had these really unique mm-hmm. braids. And, and, you know, and she said she would get hate mail from black women saying they, she was embarrassing black people by not having her hair done. And who was she to cut all her hair off with her black ass? Mm-hmm. And just, like, all this ridiculous nonsense, you know, um, that she had experienced because she was a dark sister and she was, like, embracing her her skin tone and her heritage and stuff, and that mm-hmm. just wasn't playing back then, you know. Whereas now, it's like, it's different. It's, like, celebrated, you know. It, it is a little bit, it's gotten, and I'm going to say from my perspective, it's gotten a little better, but it's still people's ignorance because I remember it was about a year ago. I was at the casino playing blackjack and a guy was drunk and kept calling me whoopee. And I got mad. You know, and the first thing I went to was skin tone. I was like, he could have called me baby Oprah. He could have called me, but you gonna call me whoopee for real. (laughs) But but that's, that's your bag, though, Jeanette. You're still carrying that color bag, you know, because a couple of I things said that you said. I said yeah. that. I said that. Yeah. Because he, of all people, he called me Whoopi. But, you know, and I was sharing the other day, and especially with Black History Month, I was watching a show that she did. It was called A Long Walk Home. And when Whoopi was, I was like, Whoopi, it was beautiful. 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 Mm-hmm. But see, but think of whoopie, you think of the color purple. That's what popped right. in my head. I was like, oh, so he's trying to go there with me. You know, but I had to realize that was his ignorance. That was his right. it, it wasn't mine. But I'm just like, of all people, you want to call me whoopie? I could be your Felicia Rashad. You know, I, I ain't your barrier, you know, even though I was called that when I was with the Seroptimus. And they used to have me, I said Mama, and I was like, okay, they just trying to make Holly Berry. Yeah, right. So, but when we start talking about these things, and one of the things is, like I said, we want to let people know, and like I said, we had people like Erica Badu come out. We had individuals, the sister that think I got my hair. We have embraced ourselves to the point to where we're learning to accept who we are and realizing that we are beautiful no matter what you think, no matter what you think. But sometimes we got to teach this even to our parents. Because when you have parents making a difference, that's a problem. 
Like I said, even with Ryder, Ryder growing up, you know, we want to instill in him some self-esteem, some self-worth as a young African-American male. You know, even though he is a fair skin, but Ryder be catching hell sometimes from kids. I'll tell you this, Jeanette. I'll tell you this. Not only that, it's gone the other direction. Like, light-skinned people now catch hell. When they were, were, like, when we were growing up, they were put on a pedestal, like, Mm -hmm. in the barges. But now, light-skinned brothers and sisters are always under attack. You know, like, like, um, my boy Zoe. You know, he's got a, he was on with, um, he's on a show with um, Corey Holcomb and Ari Spears came on and he just started like attacking him. And like his main attack point was that Zoe was weak because he was light skinned, you know, and then Zoe dropped some bows on his head, you know, and then that, I guess, chilled him out. Like maybe that's not the way he should have handled it. Aries was, Aries just kept attacking him um, constantly, and every, like, attack point was, was light skin, inward, do this, they uh-huh. got to be dark, they got to soft, and this and that. And Zoe, who's really a cool cat, he just, like, lost it, you know? Mm-hmm. He started, he didn't punch him, he just started socking him up with his elbows, and, and then that went viral. But, like, Zoe's a, Zoe's a real cool guy, man. He's not. You know, I was not down for that. I was talking to Keith before I do my show, and he was asking me about the topic. And I was telling him what my topic was. He said, he was telling me, he was like, you know, do you know today, my brother, even when he calls me, or even when I talk to my brother, he always say, what's up, white boy? What's up, white boy? And I'm like, wow. Right. And like I said, and a lot of people experience that. They still do. Now, and I want to go back to Sharita, because colorism has serious mental and emotional effects. That can pass or be passed on through generations. A lot of times that goes from generation to generation to generation. And that's why addressing this is very, very important. And it's not just that people within the same race are treating each other differently based on their skin color. One of the things, and I'm looking at an article that was in the New York Times, they did an um, article, and it was written by Ellis Monk, and he said an assistant professor of sociology at Harvard who research colorism is that people in other racial groups are treating people differently based on their skin color. And in America, the most important, the importance of a person's skin tone originated in slavery. And Professor Monk said that black people with lighter skin received more privileges from white individuals and were thought to be more anesthetically appealing or intellectually superior compared with darker skin tone people. See, that's where we have a problem, you know, and that's where, like, when we start talking about politics and employment and people start mistreating individuals, but we need to stop that. We really do. But that don't have nothing to do. Your intellect ain't got nothing to do with your skin tone. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Okay, let's speak on that, Sharita. Okay, so I'm giving you an example. I just experienced um, something regard uh, this weekend. I was I went to brunch with my friends um, that I haven't seen since like junior high school, and these women were darker complected. They were darker than me. They were you know they're real dark skin, and 
they wanted to know what was the motivation behind my books and my clothing line. So I tried to explain to them, you know, what happened to me as a child, what I experienced, and my self-esteem issues. They didn't believe me. Mm. They looked at me like, like I was making it up, and I was like, I did suffer from this. And they was like, but you're light-skinned. I said, I'm not light-skinned. I'm more of a – I was light-skinned to them. Mm-hmm. So these – so the they were they made me feel like they made me feel some type of way like they it, it felt very uncomfortable because they were giving me that side eye like you don't understand what it's like to be a dark complected woman. They were looking at me like they didn't believe my story. They they mm-hmm. they were like we just we just can't believe that you went through that because the way you look and I'm like well I did. And they just they just they just didn't believe it because they were darker than me. You know, and um, so you and it's and it's interesting you said that because a lot of times people don't feel your pain, they don't understand it. My daughter brought a lot of things to my attention, and even Cedric, mm-hmm. I get accused of this or got accused of this. My daughter said that I had a way of when I would introduce my cousins, I would say my beautiful cousins that were light skinned, but when I would talk about the other mm-hmm. cousins, I would say my cousin. But when I would introduce like um, Sharon. And I would say, my, still call her my beautiful cousin. She was saying how I was being, because I know my mother was very vain. But my daughter brought that to my attention, how I was mm-hmm. seeing individuals out in regards to who I thought was beautiful. I'm introducing family members. And I didn't even pay that any attention until she brought it to my attention. And well, part of you know, like, that acknowledged you know, it. Jeanette, we all have been poisoned at some point in time with that thinking. You know, like, your mom is a very pretty lady, right? She's very, um, Aunt Jean's very pretty, but she's light. And she grew up in, she grew up in that era of that, the skin tone thing. You know what I mean? So, of course, she's going to impart some of that onto you. And subconsciously, you're going to subconsciously you're going to project that unless somebody brings it to your attention. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like Sharon is, as, Sharon is as pretty as any, she is a classic beauty. She is absolutely gorgeous. Sharon is absolutely gorgeous. And I don't see her as dark or, or what. She's just a very pretty woman that happens to be dark. You know, um, and if you don't catch yourself or somebody doesn't hold you accountable for those statements, you don't even know that you're doing it. I didn't. Because you've been raised with that mentality. And even Mm -hmm. though you don't, even like a couple of things you said um, since we've been talking, like like trigger words, you know, and you didn't even know you were doing it. You you understand Uh what I'm saying? Okay. Like it's not... It's through no, like, ill will or intention of you saying it, but there was a couple of times I was like, wait a minute, what? You know, I know. <laughs> you know, I, I, but it's you know what, and, and it's so, true. And Tisha, Tisha will stop me in my tracks because it was ingrained in me, and I didn't even know that right, I was doing this right. even with my own family. I, I didn't even right. know. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's my grandkids. You know, 
because I didn't want them to get hurt by my family right. over right. just that ignorance. Right. So it's not it's not even it's subtle, you know. And and that's why a book like Sharia's is so important. Is you know for for not just black girls, but but especially black girls um, to feel this self esteem, mm-hmm. this beauty because Sharita's really her. I don't. She didn't say her inspiration, but she told me it was her daughter was dark. You know, and she didn't mm-hmm. want her daughter to come in with this nonsense. So that was really yes. the inspiration. Like when when um, we would talk about it at work, that was really her inspiration. Was like I don't want my daughter to feel this type of way. So it inspired her to write the book, to do the the clothing line, to do all that stuff. And actually she needs another publisher now. So we need to reach, you can reach out to your, to your friends and find her another publisher for the book because her publisher went, went uh, belly up. So now she actually needs another uh, publisher. So I was thinking about Miss Barry because I know yeah. she publishes books. So that would be a, a great option. Voice message, but I will follow back up with her, and I'll call you after the show, Sharita, too, to find out if you guys were able to connect, because she did contact me after that. And, you know, and it's interesting you just said that, Cedric, because with uh, her protecting her daughter, and I had many fallouts with my mother, many fallouts. There have been many days me and my mom was about to go to blows, because I was not going to let her hurt my child because of that. And I noticed, right. and I saw how it damaged my son. My son is a hot mess to this day because of colorism. And right. I was protective over my daughter. But my daughter still instilled in herself. I don't know where she got the strength from. I really don't. Because I didn't like being called the names that I was called as a kid, rather than being called names of color. Some people in your family that said that they love you. And it's something that goes generation to generation to generation. And when we know better, we do better. And I commend you, Sharita, on even writing something to bring this to other people's attention. I've even on Facebook, people were responding, talking about this is a great time for this. And other individuals have wrote about it, have shared their stories, have brought it to people's attention. And then some individuals still be in denial because they don't even realize the role that they played, even as a parent amongst your own children. They don't even Can I realize. say something real quick? Oh, yes, you um, I experienced something horrible. Um, my my niece, her her grandmother is a real light-skinned woman, and I over my niece put her grandmother on speakerphone, and I heard her grandmother calling her all kind of black bees and ugly bees and stuff. And it brought me to tears because I was just like, it hurts when you have this light-skinned grandmother and then you have this, you know, this dark-skinned, beautiful granddaughter, and that's my niece. And then you talk to her like that. How does that break the self-esteem down? Hmm. Yeah, that's clearly not acceptable. That's clearly not acceptable, Sharita. Clearly not acceptable. And when somebody starts doing stuff like that, you got to do what's best for your, for your daughter, clearly, you know, I know, I know Jeanette's mom will call you a B and and it wouldn't have nothing to do with you being (laughs) light-skinned. 
So you couldn't just you couldn't be around her if you weren't gonna be a B because that's just the way she was. And, uh, and if you, know, you were <laughs> and if you women no 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 surgery no surgery I got a children's story because you know we're about to approach yeah. our anniversary of her parents. We I mean of her, of her passing we're about to approach it. Um, it's almost thirteen years since she passed, but I'll never yeah. forget. One time, my daughter's father, his, he crashed the car, and we went to the scene of the accident. And Tisha's father is dark-skinned. And one of his cousins that's real, my mama say unattractive, walked up to my mother and thought she was going to fight. And my mother, she said, B, I've been waiting on you for a long time. My mother said... <laughs> Absolutely right. My mother walked away. My mother said, I don't fight ugly people. <laughs> my family said, you are unattached. Oh, Cedric, that's the first time I ever seen Gene walk away from a fight. Gene walked away. Gene said, I ain't fighting no ugly people. I ain't fighting yeah. nobody like that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like she's ready to go. She's ready to go in church. It doesn't matter. Your mom was ready to throw up regardless of funeral at, or wedding. It didn't matter. At night, I was pregnant. I was pregnant, and my auntie was there. They all mad. They ready to fight. John and tore up the car, drunk, sitting on the bus stop, looking. Oh, my God, it was a mess. And I'm thinking, they're going to be out here fighting. My mother said, mm, mm, get, get on, come on, let's get the hell away from these people. I was just like, really? Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, that. when it came to that. But the thing is, and like I said, and it's, it's really it's really sad because we have to understand why colorism exists. We have to address it. We have to acknowledge it. We have to stop it. We really do. And we have to hold ourselves accountable for some of the things because there are some harmful effects. And it can help, I mean, decrease a person's self-esteem, self-worth, you know, especially when they hear people that they love or that's supposed to love them. Now, I'm looking at another article, and it talks about, in regards to, and it's coming from thoughts.com, it says, why the effects of colorism are so damaging. Skin color biases affect self-worth and personal relationships. Now, the effects of colorism are far-reaching, and skin color biases has an impact on self-esteem, beauty standards, and even personal relationships. Now, when we start talking about the discrimination based on skin tone, which is light skin, is required as what basically they was regarded as superior over dark skin, but we know that's not true. And the serious social problem it exists is pretty much is underestimated. Now, I want to go into something, and I hope my daughter coming here. I hope she probably don't want to come and join me. Tisha, Tisha, come here for a minute. When my daughter was in college, Cedric, she brought this to my attention, even with sororities. Do you know that there's right. different sororities that also deal with colorism? Absolutely. I want to see what you're that. Colorism. What you want to talk about? What you got to say? Because I was outside. Well, just say something. What do you? What was your experience with colorism growing up? Oh, I know, but I am. 
Okay, so what's, what's your take on colorism? They can't see you on Facebook Live. I don't have a take on it. How was it in college with the different sororities? Uh, well, I mean, you go thinking, oh, it's just all these different sororities that you could pledge for. And then you realize one certain sorority is for light-skinned, the other ones are for the medium brown, the other ones are for the darker, heavier set ones. Uh, but it's something that you learn as you go. You don't really realize it at first unless you're a legacy. Uh, but if you're not a legacy, you think, oh, I can just go join anyone. Um, but that's not the case. So do they, are they aware of the biases that is existing with the disabilities, or they just go with the status quo? Because some individuals just think that they just try to fit in. Or... Well, not all of them are intentionally doing it. Um, that's just what it is. Mm. Wow. But I think they've they've tried to, to change that a lot, um in the in these past few years. So how did you overcome it with your self esteem growing up in this 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 bright, just this dysfunctional family? How did you survive all that? I didn't listen to you. <laughs> I just did my own thing. I wasn't at all the barbecues. I wasn't <laughs> Cause I didn't want to hear what nobody else had to say, so I just did my own thing. <laughs> did you hear that? People still have something negative mm-hmm. to say. It mm-hmm. didn't show up anymore, so people thought I didn't like black people. And it was just like, really? What's going on here? <laughs> I just don't want to be talked about. <laughs> wow. You're not being talked about about your color. You're being talked about about your weight. As a child, I mean, you really shouldn't be talking about children's weight. You should be encouraging them, but putting other things in their head that's going to mess with them as they grow up. So, and black families are notorious for that. Mm. Not only do they discriminate against everybody about different colors, but they also discriminate against them about the different weights. Okay, so we got to work on that with Ryder because he called me fat this morning, and I appreciate that. Well, my grandma told me I need to start walking around the block. <laughs> and oh. I was like, I'm in yeah, that's, yeah, that's like, I'm yeah. developing. Well, you need to start taking walks around the block. Like, okay. You told me that too. <laughs> Maybe if you walk more, you would lose some weight. I was like, but I'm 11. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, I'm laughing, Cedric. It ain't funny. But <laughs> no, it's, it's funny. You know, you know you're becoming funny. Not well, right. Cedric, oh, I got ready to go to my grandfather's funeral. My mother told me, go in there and change your clothes. You ain't going to be there mooning my daddy. I was like, what this dress is cute. You ain't going to be mooning my daddy. She had a way with words that I don't even know if she even cared about some of the things she said. No, she oh, my care. God. Please yeah. tell me your granny told you to go walk around the block. Mm-hmm. You never told me that because it wasn't important. Because I wasn't listening to her. Because <laughs> I was 11. I, I, I was developing. Uh, apparently, I had more attributes than others. Uh-huh. So I, I already knew my body shape was different from her body shape, and I wasn't going to change. Mm. And then you have other family members. Oh, you got a big old butt. Oh, you got, leave me and my butt alone. Wow. <laughs> oh. But you just learn to tune. I'm able to tune it out. Other people are not able to do that. But I had to get thick skin, um, especially dealing with your son. I just had to 
get thicker skin and and just tune people out and just do what I wanted to do. She said, with my son. And you know what? And my son, so I call every black name in the book by him. Wow. And that's somebody that you're supposed to be, you know, your protector. You ain't protecting me from nothing. You talking about me worse than a bully. Oof. And oh, you know what? And a lot of that goes into bullyism. It's really here. Cedric Hudge, I'm trying not to it's laugh. Good. But I forgot I am still on Facebook. But that is some harmful effects, and part of it is being bullied. Sharita, were you bullied in your family as a result of colorism? No, I wasn't bullied. I just didn't feel like I was I, – I was more bullied at the schools that I went to. Like, mm-hmm. when I went to school with more Caucasian kids, they were like, oh, your lips are big, look at your nose. I didn't have the features of a Caucasian kid, mm-hmm. you know, so I was more bullied there, like being like maybe the only black kid in the, in the classroom. So I stood out. So they they were picking. I was like, dang, my lips, my nose. I started finding defects. I started looking in the mirror, looking at myself like I was a defect. Wow. You know what I did the nose thing. I now I tell people I can smell everything. You I can you can burp. I can smell it. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you what you ate. I can tell you everything. You know, mm-hmm. and, and it's, and that's good older the drug rehab because people come in, I'll be like, you need some drug tests because I smell it. And they'd be so mad. How mm-hmm. do you know I can smell it? So I made it one of my attributes. So that's we, right. we got to take that negative and turn it into a positive because some of the things that we've talked about is that it can't go from generation to generation. It can lead to trauma. Mental, emotional abuse, the effects. I mean, we I've seen shows on Oprah, Dr. Phil, where we had people, parents bleaching their babies and put making them use skin bleacher and all of that stuff. You know, and we have to overcome the obstacles as it relates to low self-esteem due to colorism. We talked a little bit about how people were treated with favoritism. You know, and if people still want to call in on the show, you can give us a call at 516-387-1914 because some individuals have benefited from things of that nature where their looks or whatever got them to where they are today. And, you know, and, and it's interesting because people fail to realize that a lot of times when light skin was in at that time, many of them young women still had low self-esteem. And that much I know because many of them were my friends. But I didn't have no low self-esteem. Hell, I didn't even know my skin color. You know, so when we are talking about, oh, my daughter's not talking about, okay. So one of the questions, and I wrote down some things in regards to why do individuals discriminate within themselves? And when we start talking about, and we talked about being biracial and, you know, same family, different colors, and denial is an issue, the lack of understanding is an issue. And we start, even like we said, we're talking about relationships and dating. You know, what if you are attracted to this person or are you afraid to bring a person home because your parents might be like, don't be bringing this little yellow girl up in my house or don't be bringing this little dark skin. It's like, how do you address that even in your family? Is Thea still here? Mm-hmm. Thea. I'm just making people be on the show today. I guess they, I guess they wish they would have went to the or something. Thea. Where's she outside? Maybe, I don't know. Oh, okay. 
So, Sandra, anything else you want to add as we're talking about this? Because we have to stop the hate. We really do. Was that for Sharita or was that for me? I was asking you first, and I'm going to let Sharita in the show. We've got four minutes left. I want her to share some more stuff about the clothing line and things of that nature because the clothing line is to teach about the body image into it. Right. Well, it's, it's, I think I'll make it short. As long as we call each other out and hold each other accountable for that stuff, even when we don't know that we're doing it, I think that's, that's a step in the right direction. I really do. Because sometimes you don't know that you're saying stuff, but somebody needs to be there to call you out and don't take it personally. Just take it as a teachable moment. That's, that's all I got. Okay. Sharita, my question to you is you said that you started a clothing line and the black baby mm-hmm. doll. What mm-hmm. inspired you? Because my daughter brought up something that was interesting when she was talking about interesting when she talked about the body image. Because that also is something else that people deal with besides just the colorism because we thought if you were light skinned you gotta be thin and skinny. You know, we didn't wanna see the light skin and the, the obese. So how does that play a role when we start talking about the body images as well as the colorism? Well, black baby doll represents um, self-esteem, beauty, image, confidence, and uniqueness. Because, you know, when I was a child, I don't want to buy a doll that look, that they portrayed to look like me or in the spooky. store. You know, you look at the dolls in the store, and you're like, mm, I don't like the way that doll's looking. You know, mm-hmm. like you, we talked earlier, the dolls didn't, the black dolls didn't look too, too good mm-hmm. when we were growing up. And now... I want people to, when you go in the store now and you look at the black baby doll, they're, they're actually pretty now, but I just want people to look at themselves and black baby doll basically believe, it stands for just loving yourself, you know, loving who you are, mm-hmm. just, just, just choosing yourself, choosing yourself. You know, when you said that, it brought to my spirit with uh, Michelle Obama, and I believe they had made a doll. Mm-hmm. Were critiquing it. That was a beautiful doll. And individuals, they were so afraid and they hate what they, mm-hmm. they fear, what they don't understand because they wish they mm-hmm. had a lot of those attributes. They wish they had the style, the shape, the, the color. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I was watching a movie the other night. I don't know the name of the movie. And it was taking people back. They were kidnapping people, taking them to a plantation. And just the things that they were saying in the movie, I was like, "Really?" I think I watched yeah. that movie last night. It's called. Um, oh, I forgot what it's called. It's like they were going back in time or something. Yeah. Or that movie was so confusing. They threw me off when they had cell phone. I'm like, "Really?" But when she yes, that's what I watched. Yeah, it's called Bella something. It was like yes. it was a plantation. Yes. They brought them back on a plantation. They had a cell Aunt cell phone. Excuse me. I was Aunt like, "Wait a minute." It's Bella. <laughs> Yes. Antebella, yep. I watched that, that movie last movie. night. It was so confusing at first. The way she was talking to that African-American woman, I was like, mm, mm, But those are things, and the problem is many individuals got so caught up in that belief system so they have to change their view, change their perceptions, change how they feel, and to peace with people because that's so not appropriate. So not appropriate. 
So, okay, so in regards to the Black first of all, where can they find your book? Where can they find your clothing line? How can other people out there get more information? And I will connect with Talisha, too, to make sure that you connect. My books are on Walmart, Amazon, and Barnes and & Noble. And um, you can go to www.blackbabydoll.co for the clothing line. And I'm going to okay. be adding, like, more accessories and things to that clothing line. Um, I, I just want to make it to where it reaches everyone, you know, not just the just not, not the black community. I want other women that have low self-esteem because of their skin color to embrace the clothing line as well. Because uh-huh. so it's a statement yeah. piece. It's more of a statement piece, like, you know, I am confident. You know, I'm beautiful no matter what this world thinks. That's what, you know, baby – that baby doll initially stands for. Uh-huh. Now you said you could find it at Walmart and other places. Now you have a website. How where how would they find your where would they find your website? What is the website? Um, www.blackbabydoll.co. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. And if you want to send me some information, I could post the link in regard to that, and I will give you a call in a few minutes. So, and I will connect okay. with you again. And Cedric, thank you okay. for the information. And again, if you are out there and you know, I mean, this is not to make people feel guilty, but we need to stop. We need to stop it. We really do. You know, now that we're aware of what colorism is, because like I said, when I was growing up, I thought it was just a light skin and it's dark skin in family. I did not know it was colorism. And now I know, because my daughter is good and bringing it to my attention when I do it. So let's not hurt, let's build, let's encourage, let's not talk about individuals based on their skin color, their skin tone, their body shape, their, as we know, especially with black, it comes in all different shades, and it all looks good. Embrace you. Be you, embrace you. Now, tomorrow I want to talk about doing the right thing because a lot of times, you know, individuals will say that they're doing the right thing, but what's your motive behind it? And are you your brother's keeper or are you really doing the right thing? So we're going to be talking about that on the show on tomorrow when we do the show from the pulpit to the couch at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. So, again, I want to thank you for joining and listening today. And until then, remember you got this. Please stay safe. Remember COVID is still out there. If you're grieving, if you're dealing with some things, don't forget to, you can call a counselor, call 211, utilize your EAP services, but help is available. Find someone to talk to. Thank you. Bye-bye.